Hello, everyone. Welcome to This League Podcast, where we offer an all-feelings, no-facts brand of basketball analysis. My name is Josh, and this is my co-host, Jake. What's going on, y'all? Episode 2, let's go. We're about to talk about some playoff basketball. So today, we're going to be recapping all the series that happened uh, in the semifinals, and we're going to do a little top 10 talk, and talking about the next series, too, and, you know, what's going on in the league right now with the media and should be fun all right let's uh let's kick it off let's get straight into hawks basketball josh what are your thoughts on the uh hawks philly series i can't lie man it feels great like it's just i stuck with what i knew i stuck with like looking at the teams like yeah we can really beat them like when i when i first looked at this the rosters before the series and watched them play i was like yeah, we could do it. I don't know if we will. I don't know how Trey's going to hold up. Like, but this team is so poised, man. To come back from an 18-point deficit, then a 26-point deficit in back-to-back games. Like, <laughs> like this series really could have been over in five. But, you know, it, they're just so poised. They don't give up. And it's just team basketball, man. I'm, I, I, I can't believe that they did it, but wow. I saw it, and I was like damn (laughs) we really got a chance yeah one thing i want to sort of bring up is about you know the hawks are like it's still kind of crazy to like wrap your head around the fact that they're in the eastern conference finals it's even crazier Mm -hmm. when you consider like everything they've been through this year they went through a coaching change when they were sub 500 by six games they were 14 14 and 20. 20 yep they went through a coaching change they went through numerous injuries trey got hurt at the end of the year and that was amidst you know them fighting for uh, seating in the playoffs. I mean, it was no guarantee where they would finish. And yep. They rallied together and they they finished as what the fifth seed. Yep. yep. Fifth seed. Yeah. We were tied with uh, New York, but New York had the tiebreaker for the year. Right. That's and like that's why they opened up at home. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I everything that the Hawks have been through because they have such a talented roster like when you look at it and we can talk more about that later of course but like for the team to be like in such a bad position and just be able to rally just to be able to buy into one goal to play as a team and to beat the one seed like no one in the world no one in the world except for maybe hawks fans pick philly even hawks fans and me i mean like even hawks fans like we're saying you know Philly's gonna win. I've said that before too. When the Hawks were down two one, I thought it was over. Like, wow, man. Like, just to be able to fight through that, like, the, the, they showed me how special they are. I tried. And to this tell team's gonna be around for a while, for sure. I tried to tell people that not only, you know, they obviously showed an incredible amount of resiliency. You know, the hot, the the Knicks series, you know, parts of this Philly series, but. You know, for the Hawks to be this far, um, I think the Hawks, the Hawks being this far, just kind of shows like they have a different element of them, just besides being a deep team. Like, you know, mental uh, toughness. Yeah, men- I was gonna say like mental toughness is an underrated part of the Hawks as a team. You know, and we saw this series how somebody on the other team, Philly, that is, <laughs> showed a complete <laughs> lack. Of mental toughness. Talking about Melbourne Carter Williams. <laughs> That's it's crazy, man. Like 
<laughs> like I, I how can you just not shoot the ball and i don't even mean shoot how can you just like whenever you touch the ball you don't even look at the basket like it's insane to me i i don't know if it's laziness i don't know if he's just rattled i don't know if he doesn't care like it's something wrong with him man and like <laughs> it helped us win i'll say that like man ben simmons was huge for us down the stretch ben simmons is catching a lot of slander and you know it's oh, yeah. deserved uh, as as deserved as it gets you know there's a lot of stats i'm seeing thrown around about how like he just wasn't shooting in the fourth quarter this that and the other oh he was getting yeah. played off the in the floor. last four games in the last four games he didn't attempt a single like shot in the fourth quarters of the last four games it's crazy and this is this guy is supposed to be the running mate where is Ridiculous. he like where is he realistically like on on Philly's team right now? Like Because one's Embiid, two's Harris, three's Curry. <laughs> Maxi was better than him. Maxi I, looked I don't way know more where playable at times. Like Yeah. Uh, I mean like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it sounds like some sort of ludicrous take because you know Ben Simmons is an all-star, but like literally, Ben Simmons was getting played off the floor in crunch time because he couldn't shoot a free throw. And I don't, you know, this is sort of just relaying this whole theme of mental toughness. I, I always knew this guy had yes men in his ear, but there was a uh, a, uh, a, 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 a report from like Stephen A, I think. I don't remember who it was, but basically it was a text from a source close to Ben Simmons. I think this was Stephen A saying this. And yeah, basically said and confirmed our suspicions that like he's just had a lot of yes men in his ear. He's a baby. You know, he gets, he gets babied. He's way too comfortable. And it's yeah. like, dude, how how are you 6'10", a 6'10 point guard, 6'9", whatever, and, like, a 6'1", barely athletic point guard is just, like, showing you how tough he is. Like, how is he... How yeah. are you getting bitched by Trey Young? Not Crazy. even not even just mentally, but physically, too. Like, Trey Young went right at him. No hesitation. When when Trey Young was on the floor, you could tell he had the most like, what's the word for it? Like I don't know, charisma or like he had the it. Factor. I don't know. Just Ben Simmons has yeah, none of he it. just has it. He has it. <laughs> it matters. Trey has like, it, and Ben Simmons has none of it. He's never really yeah. had to, you know. He just he's a guy who is timid and he's scared of pressure. He's scared of any sort of hardship. He's so scared of failure. Yeah honestly and in doing that it makes them even worse like in being scared of failure he's failing by not, by not attempting to do anything that helps it's funny like how him that being on the floor yeah it's crazy yeah trey trey hunted him basically you know what once trey got comfortable with the adjustment because it was a, a mid-series yeah. adjustment putting ben on trey trey got real comfortable i'll say this started hunting him i'll say this the first game trey had fun because danny green was on and then the second game, Ben Simmons was on Trey Young, and Trey Young had a really hard time. Yeah, yeah, then, it was an adjustment. I'm, a, I'm not gonna lie. Mm -hmm. In a playoff series, though, that's the thing about superstar players. After like game, after like the the middle part of game three, it was like Ben Simmons wasn't even there. Like Trey Young got used to him, and he, it's like he wasn't even bothering Trey. Even in game seven, Trey Young's shots were like his shooting percentage was bad. But it wasn't because of Ben Simmons. He was just missing good looks. Like it's just sad I, it was, to see a guy that like, talented just not be there. And I don't want to blame him for not being able to guard a superstar player. 
But like, come on. It's like he wasn't even there. At least that's the one, like, that's the one redeemable trait about Simmons is that he's going to go guard the other team's best player. Like, he was getting tortured. Yeah. And so, you know, we talked about, you know, Simmons mentally and like, it, it just seems that like those, those notions and those sentiments are carried on by his teammates. Joel Embiid made some comments oh, yeah. that I don't remember word for word, but very, very much subtle. No, shit. they were talking about the turning point of the game. And he said, I don't know how to say this, but uh, I felt like the turning point was when one of our players had an open dunk and passed it. And uh, it only turned out with one point because Tybo missed a free throw there. And <laughs> after that possession, I'm going to tell you what happened. That was the biggest swing of the game. So after that possession, Trey Young comes down, broken play, runs out, runs down to the paint and lobs to Capella. Hawks go up three. Then the next possession, Trey Young has Ben Simmons on him, step back deep three. And like that just took all the wind out of Philly's sails. And even then they were still in it. But, you know, just big plays down the stretch and Ben Simmons going missing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, it's like the, the, him passing up the dunk was just so like emblematic of what happened what what was wrong with him that's a good way of putting it it was very it was like symbolic it was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. perfect way to and it happened in the biggest moment yeah it just embodied that team and and that player yeah (laughs) that's that's so funny how that happens (laughs) it's crazy man like he literally confirmed everybody's like negative suspicions Mm -hmm. and sentiments in the biggest moment of the game yeah i feel bad for him like but it is what it is i wish that he would just try to get better that's really like all i can expect or ask of him because at the end of the day he's getting paid a lot of money to do you know just to play a game and it's like he can't even take that seriously i feel like he just doesn't Mm -hmm. i don't know ben simmons but it just looks like he doesn't take the game as serious as a lot of other players do and that's pretty evident by his lack of development since his rookie year but amidst all this and we can't we can't forget about the shortcomings of Doc Rivers. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> like if an opposing team goes on a run, he just refused to call a timeout. He's one of those like ride it out coaches and like live that's and die cool by and like, philosophy type thing. Yeah, that might be cool in like ninth grade, but come on, man, it's the NBA. It's playoff basketball. It's a seven game series. Like it may work. I don't know if it's one game at a time, but. In a seven-game series, you're gonna have to adjust. Like that's that's part of it. <laughs> like teams that adjust always, most of the time, beat teams that don't. Like we have seen I, a lot of coaches yeah. have shortcomings by living and dying by their philosophy, and you know we Just saw it with Dan, we saw it with D'Antoni in Houston. We've seen it a few times already with Budenholzer. They're still in the playoffs and they have a very good shot to win it all. But like even in that Brooklyn series, like. There were moments where the Bucks, even in Game Seven, they just weren't playing well. Yeah, I mean that Game Seven was really up for the taking. We'll get into that a bit more later. But going back to Doc Rivers, like he's one of those coaches. He'll live and die by his philosophy. He's just he makes no adjustments late game. What does he really bring to a team? I feel like you'll agree the with championship me on this. pedigree. Yeah, <laughs> his name. Like I feel like you'll agree with me on this for sure. And like. I don't think Doc Rivers should coach an NBA team again. I think he can turn a low-level team into a low-level playoff team. Maybe. I like a below play. I feel like he adds a few wins, but come playoff time, he's not. Like, you'll never win a title with him. Unless your team's just ridiculously stacked. 
maybe he'll instill a philosophy in a bad team. But yeah. I cannot see him elevating a team that's already got a really strong sense of identity. And like maybe, with the Clippers, you remember that one year where like they came back from down thirty-one against the Warriors. Yeah, I don't feel like that was a playoff team, but he got them there, so he yeah. deserves credit for that. But then on the flip side, sort of what we're talking about, and that, you know that that embodies you know that embodies kind of our thoughts about him him bringing a low-level team to a a, a winning culture. Then on the flip yeah. side is like, you know, they were down 15 to the Nuggets. You watch Paul George hit the side of the backboard, <laughs> and yeah. he just kind of the next dead ball. He just clapped his hands and was like, you know, can you keep it up, guys. Like, I don't know. Like he They're, tried to turn Paul George into into uh, Joe Harris. Like, come on. Yeah, from an X's and O standpoint, there's that too. He tried to make Paul George a shooter. And, you know, I feel like, you know... He can shoot, but that's not his game, though. Right. He can shoot, and he can also do a lot of other things. He's a very good player. But, you know, with yeah. Doc Rivers, you know, that when I watched him just do nothing whenever, you know, that like that dead ball specifically right after Paul George hit the backboard, and I just watched him clap, it's like, are you trying to display, like, a sense of stoicism about it? Like, are you trying to say, like, we're fine? Because y'all aren't. Like, y'all are losing by 15, and it's getting really ugly. It's time to show urgency. Yeah. Like, do something different. It's it's crumbling down right in front of you. Like, you can't you can't just be calm about it. Like, shit, shit is yep. hitting hitting the fan. Like, it's time to do something. Transitioning over to the Hawks, though, um, and we'll talk more about the Hawks yeah. roster later. But game seven and actually game six as well, we saw <laughs> big buckets. Kevin Herter from yep. Kevin Herter. He's a starter in this league. Him. Puts the respect no, on No, Kevin Herter's a starter in this league. He's a quality the Hawks starter are just in this so league. so deep. The Hawks, like, all right. I want to say this one thing about the Hawks roster. The Hawks have eight guys, when healthy, that can get you 20. Th- that is a lot. It's a lot off. That is a lot. They have eight quality starters on the team. Like, like that's crazy. And I don't know. I don't know if you, like, I feel like Herter... When healthy is the Hawks' sixth option. For him to be able to come in and get you 27 on a road game seven. It's crazy. Be like, the best player on the floor. Like nobody he, asked that out of Herder. Nobody asked nope. that out of him. But he decided to step up and he was taking shots I didn't even know he was capable of. He was taking baseline fadeaways like he was Kobe. He bro, he was taking shots I see him only take like a couple times in the regular season. And he'll make them. But I'd be like, okay, dude, let's relax. But now, bro, if you want to take him, he's good with me. Because, like, to be able to do that, like, when you want to, he, he showed a lot of poise. And, that, like, to be able to step up like that, especially in game six as well, like, yeah. yeah. He's a quality starter in this league. That is a testament to the mental aspect of the game. It's, you know, all these guys. Bogdanovich was hurting. Like, Bogdanovich was completely out of it. You could tell he just didn't have it that night because of the injury. And like for him to be able to step up like that when the when the team needed him the most, like it speaks so much to his mental toughness and like just ability to get it done when it matters, like regardless of what what's going on. People don't realize. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people are sort of catching on the fact that all of these guys in the NBA, with exception of a select few, aren't capable of shooting the ball. It's really. You know, there's obviously a lot of stats and analytics that go into who gets to shoot the ball, who can't. But 
at the end of the day, it really is a mental thing. All these guys are capable of shooting, and all it takes is that spark of confidence to get you going. But all it takes yeah. is a few misses to not even the best shooter in the world off off their game. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> Herder had a great game, game six and game seven. We're going back to game five, yeah. which I feel like was that was to me that was that was the breaking point for Philly, in my opinion. Yeah, I think game five had more significance for Philly in terms of not really this series, but Philly collectively. I feel like that game five was just an embodiment of a, a, a classic Philly collapse and everything that could have gone wrong for Philly <laughs> did. And it, like all of their flaws were just put into the front, the forefront. Yep. So <laughs> Hawks are down like 20 going into the fourth quarter. And I'm on the call with you. And I'm just like, whatever, man, just go win in Atlanta. I'll try to get one more win before the series is over. And uh, Lou Williams comes in. Lou Williams happened to be one of those guys, one of those eight guys on the roster that can get you 20. And he comes in and he's, he's just making buckets. And he cuts the lead all the way down to like 10, I think. And he, he stays on the floor the entire fourth quarter. But uh, he just cut the lead down just enough to where Philly is like, damn, what's going on? Like, And they put in their starters and none of their starters. Joel Embiid, he deserves blame for this series too. He couldn't get anything going in the fourth quarter. Was it game five but, that uh, he shot uh, one for 12 in the second half? Yeah, yeah. That's no, I believe it was 0 for 12. Jeez. I thought he at least hit one yeah. shot. That's really bad. Was it? I'm not sure. Either 0 for 12 or 1 for 12. It really doesn't But anyways, matter. yeah. So Trey comes in down 10. And when Trey comes in the game, he makes 13 out of the last 17 points for the Hawks. And the Hawks somehow steal that win. I don't know. Tobias Harris, he may have had like four points that game. Simmons was awful. Like... It just speaks to how bad Philly, Philly is. Like when it comes to like mental toughness and be, being able to close teams out. <laughs> this is a you no can way. have the best roster ever, but if you can't close out a game, then, then I, there's nothing you can do. This is in no way supposed to be a diss towards Lou Williams, but if you're Philly, how are you letting Lou Williams lead a comeback from down 26? Like. He's a quality player, but like he should, that's not, I feel like it's, it, this is one thing that I learned about Lou Williams. He has the capability, like when someone's not playing good or like off the bench for at least one or two games, every series to carry your offense on the, well, your starters on the bench. Like he has that capability. He won't do it every game. Like sometimes he'll just be terrible off the bench. But when he's on, like he can get, like he'll, I remember game one, Trey was on the bench and like the Hawks with that Lou Williams stretch, they went up like 30, like in the first half, just cause he was just on. Did the whole Lou bench Williams have a plus 31 plus minus that game? Mm -hmm. Plus 31 in a game they won by three. Unreal. <laughs> and you know, and Lou, Williams, <laughs> Lou Williams is a bucket. Yeah. Like he's a, an actual bucket, not one of those freak, you know, Jamal Crawford ass buckets. Like he's a bucket bucket. He's still got it. Yeah. And yeah. But that's not the guy that should be doing that in, in a miraculous game five comeback on the road at that. Like, nope. it, it, we bashed on Philly on Philly a lot, but it's like, yeah, where do they go from here? <laughs> you, like, do you want to know like the difference between like a superstar player and a Ben Simmons kind of guy? 
What's that? Like, Trey Young in Game Seven, he was having like the worst shooting night of his life. I remember before the fourth quarter, he was like two for seventeen. He was having two a for bad shooting night. I do remember that. Yeah, he was two for sixteen, I think. And so in the fourth quarter, he comes in, Hawks offense like no one can score for a while. It's just it's one of those game seven ugly games where like both teams are giving it all they have, but they just don't have much left. And uh, Trey Young comes in just off a little bit of rest. I think when Trey Young went out, the Hawks were up five when he came back in. Like Joel Embiid scored five straight points in a minute, and they had to put him right back in. And I, that's one adjustment Nate McMillan made putting in Trey earlier when the team needed him because like that kind of cost them game six. But anyways, so Trayon was coming in, very bad shooting night. Nobody could score for that point, for that time, except Kevin Herter. And so he comes in, gets an easy mid-range, and then he makes a floater. And then in the biggest moment of the game, the Hawks are up three and they have the ball. It's like a possession that's about to end. There wasn't that much time on the clock. He pulls a 35-footer when, when, when the, it hasn't fell all game. I think he went two for 11 from three, that shot included. And like, bro, he goes straight in. He just, in the biggest moments, man, it's about how you finish. Because like anybody can get it done throughout the whole game, but if you can close that bitch out, bro, then that's what makes you a superstar player. What do you just think to be able to like, watching? When you're having a bad night, just to be able to do that, it's insane. Imagine you're Philly, right? And you've mm-hmm. you've you've held Trey Young to one of the worst games of his professional career shooting. How yep. imagine watching him still take a really deep contested three after all that. Like does Girl, even if it. he misses, like, <laughs> does that not get in your head a bit? Yeah, to have the confidence to still do that, bro, that just speaks so much to how great he is and how I feel like he's the guy. It's like pretty psychotic, man. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. that's, that requires a different this... level of cold-bloodedness and mm-hmm. just still Bro, for him to even pull that, I was like, dude, come on. And then it fell. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, that was, that was probably the shot of the night, man. Like, that was crazy. So <laughs> It just speaks on poise. So going back to Philly, like, what do you think Philly does with Ben Simmons at this point? Like, realistically, what do you think? Oh, he's he's got to go. He's got to go, far as I'm concerned. Like, it's funny because Philly's a team that's built around him. It may not be perfect for him, but it's a team with four shooters, and he just refuses to improve. If I'm if I'm Daryl Morey, he's got to go. Like, I'm getting rid of him. Um, for Ben Simmons, I don't know what a good place for him would be. I don't know, maybe Minnesota, because they they have shooters as well. Um, yeah, I've seen the D'Lo <laughs> talks and the best. Like I feel like D'Lo's the best player that you can get for Simmons, straight up. Yeah, and I mean that value wise, I honestly think they're similar, but it's just so like I see a lot of people saying, you know, we'll just get Ben Simmons, uh, you know, some shooting. It's like, isn't that what he has? Is this not? Yeah, he is has this team a- not built for him. Like Embiid shot thirty eight percent from three, <laughs> and that's it's the worst like shooter in the starting yeah. five. Yeah, it's it's funny that he has a team that's built for him, and he's still like, yeah, that's why he's got to go. If I'm the Philly, um, for sure, front office. It's crazy to think they could have gotten Harden or like Dame, 
but no. Now <laughs> you get D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't want to give up Simmons for uh, Harden. Really? Yeah. It, it's just e- weird seeing that coming from Dale Morey. Like, shouldn't you know above all, like how how good Harden can be and what you can do with him? But that's it. Blows my it's mind. It's like Philly's betting on betting on Simmons' potential to ever be as good as Harden is like a tough bet. Could he have been? better than Harden absolutely but like there's not much better you can do than James Harden he's a top five player on the planet well was yeah. <laughs> speaking of James Harden we'll talk about that later yeah, yeah speaking of James Harden let's talk about Nets Bucks because I, Jesus. I think the Nets are a joke I think we're That's both one thing I, gotta com- say. I think we're both completely shocked that the Bucks actually won oh yeah and in the like, way the fashion they did it was very bizarre mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but like in game six, when the Bucks were just up comfortably, they're up like 10, it just felt like they weren't up. It, it felt like they, it was a tie game. I felt like it's that hard whole to series. Yep. I and they just like found a way series. to pull it out. <laughs> Especially in I game did, seven. Like, that's I, the first time I've seen a team fully get outplayed and win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make sense to me. But hey, more power to him though. Giannis showed up in the clutch. Holiday and Middleton were bad, but they made big buckets at the end of the game. And you yeah. know, they just found a way to stick with it and win. The Nets just didn't have enough. It was just and of so course Harden. Improbable yeah. and uh, unlikely that, given everything, that the Bucks were actually going to pull it off. Like I, you can cry oh, yeah. injury, injury all you want. Like. Harden was still on the floor. Like the and he played, embarrassment, yeah. Played 53 minutes in Game Seven, and we'll, I'll get more into Harden later. But like, if there's yeah, one, there's no excuse for the Nets at all. No, I mean top to bottom, it's just like they, they literally collectively disappointed. Like, yeah, KD included. In Game Seven, KD completely disappeared in overtime. You know, it's yeah, zero, it's, zero points. Yeah, it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to blame KD <laughs> because. Okay, I have a, I have a specific reason for why I blame Kitty. Yeah, go we, ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll just the tell everybody why. Reason. It's a. Oh, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. So, Josh, Josh is on KD's head because in 2018, LeBron scored mm-hmm. 51 in Game One, but he didn't hit a field goal in overtime. So people. Funny how that works out, huh? <laughs> funny how, funny how that works out, huh? Look. <laughs> Hey, I never lose, man. Just know that I never lose. Yeah, Katie's still better. Anyways, Katie scored. Anyways, Katie had one of the best playoff games in NBA history in Game Five. Then in Game Six, on an off night for Katie, had 32 on 50 percent, like visibly, yeah. visibly an off night for him, and he still had 30. Yeah. And then in Game Seven, honestly, I felt like he was even more dominant as a scorer during that game for four quarters and the Nets still came up short for the Nets to fall short on the backs of those performance is unbelievably disappointing mm-hmm. and we'll, let's start getting into uh where they where the rest of the team went wrong because I mean Katie was right. generational but James Harden I've given up <laughs> on him like yeah no he he just doesn't care it's and not that's okay yeah and watching from the point of view of somebody who you know doesn't have a vested interest for Harden to do good now like I'm just watching the games 
it's not yeah. a sense like i never understood why people like thought harden wasn't showing up but like now i see it because i always thought like people thought harden was timid and i was like no he's not timid like he's very yeah he's very you know kind of just like, see, like doing whatever but that's the problem <laughs> is like mm -hmm. it with ben like, simmons bro like with ben simmons you can tell that he's rattled it's not that he doesn't care it's that he's rattled and he's scared of the moment harden just doesn't care like i i don't think he cares about basketball that much and that's okay if that's that's what how his life is you know i, I guess it's peaceful yeah but as far as way, basketball but, is concerned like it's, yeah it's like, a it's a very it's a very give a damn. it's a very unique way of not being able to play well like just not yeah. caring and completely checking out it to me it looks like it's a burden for harden to be in these type of games like it's it's like a drag yeah. or a chore he's like oh, i just got someone else do it you know like right. he wanted to go to the mall with little baby why, why he gotta play game seven <laughs> he, 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 he's probably chilling in cancun right now like bro i might see him cancun. at lennox this weekend <laughs> like <laughs> I had more power to him for that. Like, I, I'm sure he loves his life, but he just do not care about basketball. <laughs> yeah, it's very disappointing to see a, a player that gifted, talented, and who had such an insane. Yeah, I kind of get. Yeah, just, uh, I kind of get why people didn't trade for him now. Yeah, especially if I'm Miami. But yeah, now, he, now, for, okay. I don't want to be a freak, bro. But he, he, he would not have liked the Heat culture, bro. Like, <laughs> like, like it's just the opposite of what he is as a as a guy. Yeah, but um, that does not absolve the heat. Oh uh, no, no, it's just Tyler it's still Hero. stupid. Yeah, it's yeah, still yeah, dumb. It'll no, still no, always no, be no, dumb. It's, yeah, nothing will ever. But I understand like not wanting him though. Yeah, but that's still stupid when you have a chance to get a top five player, and you don't because you want to keep Tyler Hero. I don't think this at all changes my stance on Harden as a rocket because what what's happened has already happened and the past is past when it comes to that. Like I still feel like he did so fucking much for the team and he was so incredibly good, like in his absolute prime. Like when yep. he was uh when he had that season where he averaged thirty six or thirty seven, he carried that into the playoffs. He averaged I think thirty four in those playoffs and he was efficient but they still collectively as a team came up short but like that was like that rare instance where like harden actually like came through and you know watching all of that watching all that unfold like i can't really like say harden was the problem as a rocket but i know that right now it ain't looking good for him and he really has proved a lot of his doubters right and he, he stained his legacy a lot yep yeah <laughs> The the Nets collectively though disappointed as well. I mean, we don't like even... Joe Harris. Come on. <laughs> yeah, well, I was I was just about to bring up Joe Harris. Like, he had one job, just hit the damn threes. Couldn't hit yeah. the threes. Blake Griffin had um, a good series, I guess. I, think, I don't think Blake Griffin's a starter in the NBA. No, thirty. In my opinion, two year old Blake Griffin. Like he's a starter on the Nets. Nah. Yeah, sure. He did a pretty decent job of guarding Giannis. He did yeah. the best he could, and he probably did the best out of anybody on the team. Bruce Brown is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he's an NBA player. I don't. I don't know if Bruce Brown has long in this league, bro. <laughs> I mean, Bruce Brown is is young, but when you're a six four guard, powerful. He's a six four power forward, bro. Yeah, like he and he has no shot. He'll only shoot like one a game. 
And like, is he gonna get a second contract? Do you think Bruce Brown's gonna get a second contract? Only, be- only because of how good defensively he is, he definitely will. But like, he's not—he's not a starter at all. No. Yeah, I mean, he maybe he'll be one day, but right now, hell no. But yeah, Bruce Brown. Uh, I mean, he had. I'm not gonna lie. Like, he had some moments in the series where it was like. Jesus, he's doing everything on the floor. I can't remember which game it was, but he had like a, a freaking fake ass second. That don't count. Uh, <laughs> with, that don't like, count with like ten points uh, over Brook Lopez, and like, what is going on here? But and he was actually giving Brook Lopez like legitimate problems, like all seven games. That, uh, that's just that's that speaks more about Brook Lopez to me, though. But the Nets, like the the Nets, have zero bench players that are NBA players, bro. Landry Shaman, I don't know what the hell happened to him. He was pretty good a couple of years ago. I don't know like what happened to his jump shot or just, I don't know. The Nets mm-hmm. collectively disappointed. You, you got Shamit. Claxton didn't even play in game seven. And I think he should have gotten a chance. And that's, I guess that's not really his fault at all. And actually, no, that's not really his fault at all. But like, that is a coach. Steve Dash has yeah, no that, business being an NBA coach. Like with here's no previous experience. Here's what I'll say about Nash as a head coach. Can Nash be a good head coach in the NBA? Probably. Yeah. One day. But why would you pick a brand new coach when you want to win now? What kind of sense does that make? You've got it's so stupid. Like Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and you think you're gonna repeat the Steve Kerr, mm-hmm. the Steve Kerr mold? Seriously? Like, come on. It's not like, the same. go get a proven coach. Go, stupid. Yeah, go get a winner and we we finally they gotten, saw they could have gotten a Ty Lue or like a Nate McMillan but no they they wouldn't pick up Steve Nash who's never coached a game before like whatever bro hell Dan Tony would have been a better option he's an yeah, assistant that's, on the team like I, I, I don't get him bro do you think Steve Nash is still the coach next year yes because they'll, they'll, they'll have the injury excuse because i will say there's one thing i will give steve nash is he did a good job up until that the latter part of the, the milwaukee series I, I feel like he did a good enough job to keep to keep everything from falling uh, apart but you know we with, saw the with last me, if i'm if i'm the brooklyn front office i'm like if you can't win with kd and harden against chris middleton and drew holiday then you can't be the coach of my team. But they have different philosophies, so that's them. I think maybe the front office is like, we're already one foot in, like, why not just go all the way? Maybe that's what they're yeah. thinking. If I was Brooklyn and there is a good head coach on the market, like, not yeah. a fake good head coach, like a good head coach on the market, I'll have Nash as an assistant, sure, and have him maybe learn so he can coach the team in the future. But he's not ready now. And, yeah. you know, I don't want to, like, I don't want to just say, oh, he has no experience. Like, coaches with no experience just have to get experiences to, be, to, be, to become good head coaches, but, like, not for Brooklyn. And you know how they get experience? By being assistants. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't get it. it. It is what it is. White privilege. That's no way. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the injuries. So, okay, so Kyrie rolled his ankle, and, like, he was basically never going to play in the Milwaukee series. Um, Harden, I, I really, I'm having trouble figuring out like how healthy he was. It was clear the first game he came back, like he didn't even attack the basket. Like he was not there. But yeah, there was a game when I think it was game seven 
wasn't on the injury report at all. Like he was a good, he was good to go. And he was, he was attacking the basket that game, playing a lot more aggressive, but it was just like, he checked out. I'm not yeah. like the injury did not really limit him that much. Like from my point of view. Yeah. He he was he was good to go in game seven. If you're on the court for fifty minutes, you should be able to play. Fifty. So it's no excuse for him. Minutes. Uh, he did. Yeah, he didn't sit, did he? Well. Nope. But yeah, so the Nets, thumbs down. Do better next year. Absolutely embarrassing. But yeah, I do have to give credit to Milwaukee. They pulled I it don't. out. <laughs> you know, we know why you don't, but. Look, uh, no point in that series that I think they'd win. No, yeah, me neither. Not e- not even in the last minute of overtime, like never. Like when they were at four in overtime, I thought, yeah, some KD's gonna, KD's gonna come back. Or it was two, I mean. Yeah, I, I never felt confident in Milwaukee winning, and they actually did. Giannis played a hell of a series. It was uh, all right. All right, dude. Drew Drew Holiday had a, a, a terrible shooting night in Game Seven. Nah, that's a normal shooting night for him. All right, dude, shut up. But <laughs> bro, like, we haven't even gotten to the Bucks Hawks, and you're already like firing shots. Like, okay, <laughs> you'll get. You'll All right, get. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I'll get my chance. I'll get my chance. Uh, but no, like, Drew Holiday showed mental toughness. He hit the shots down down the stretch of Game Seven. Like, you know. Budenholzer is an absolute lunatic for putting the ball in Drew's hands to close that series of all, like, you know, it's fucking Brooklyn. You you know how I feel about Drew Holiday hitting those shots at the end, bro? It didn't feel like it was a shot he made because he was mentally tough. It felt like one of them shots where you're like, damn, I got to hit one. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? It, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't exactly him going out there. But yeah, go ahead, though. It's just a little... <laughs> A little hating yeah i understand and we'll get in the hawks we'll get in the hawks bucks and your thoughts on drew holiday but yeah yeah holiday like middleton middleton doesn't really move me at all to be honest i don't even think he played that well in the series like at all like he what he had oh. a, he had one game where he had like a freak stat line of like 38 10 and 6 or it's like okay on like ridiculous efficiency it was just a hot night it's not normal for him yeah, I mean, like, we've seen Chris Middleton have bad playoff games for years now. I'm really not moved by yeah. him, and I'm not moved by Budenholzer. I'm honestly or only Holiday. moved by, by Giannis. The- like, Giannis is always going to do his thing. That's how I feel about it. Like, no matter what the Hawks do, they can have the perfect game plan. He's still going to get his 30. I feel like now it's safe to say that he's made that stride. Because for years, and I still sort of feel this way, like... I don't like Giannis down the stretch of close games, and I don't. And that's I still why I don't. don't. Yeah, that's. I'm with you on that. Like, I don't know how they were able to close this out, but they found a way. And Giannis was. Giannis put the team. The way on the they back. Cl- I gotta give it to him, bro. I can't lie to you, bro. The way they closed this out was by forcing Brooklyn to miss, not by them. Like they got a couple like really really tough buckets down the stretch that aren't sustainable. Did in they my really opinion. force Brooklyn to miss? Or like was, well, it was just Brooklyn missing. Yeah, is what I'm saying. That, that's like, what that's what I see it as. Like, like they just had more stamina than Brooklyn. To me, Milwaukee collectively was the beneficiary of Brooklyn choking. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giannis is the only player on that team that I feel like went out there and took the game. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, took the series. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. I feel like we've covered this series enough, so let's get into Hawks Bucks. Josh, I will let you oh. Oh man. Moment. <laughs> hey, we beef. And in my opinion, Philly's just as good as Milwaukee. Giannis and Embiid are in that same tier of player. Um, Tobias Harris and Chris Middleton are in that same tier of player. Um, they Milwaukee doesn't scare me. Like obviously they're a great team. They're here for a reason, but like I don't know when you look at that roster, PJ Tucker starting on your team, no. That's just another guy for Trey to hide on when you keep him on the court. Like, he actively hurts your team because that's just, it takes one player out of your offense. And, like, defensively, I don't even know who he's going who to guard. I don't know what the point of him being on the floor would be. I feel like the Hawks would run too much for him. I don't know, uh, unless he guards, like, Bogdanovich or Herder, and that's not really a, a great matchup for him, but he could be all right. And when you look at their bench, Forbes isn't good. Connaughton's terrible. Thanasis is only in the league because of his last name. Um, yeah, like, Milwaukee doesn't scare me. And obviously, like, the Hawks, we just have a... We're not the better team when you look at, like, starting fives, but they're deeper. The Hawks are much deeper than that team. And I feel like when you... I don't think Giannis is going to be able to play 48 minutes every single time, obviously. So... I feel like the deeper the series goes, the better the Hawks have a chance. And that's why I'm picking the Hawks in six. I don't know. I feel like Chris Middleton and and um, Drew are good second and third options. But I don't know. Down the stretch, <laughs> I feel like Trey's playmaking elevates Bogdan and Herder and Collins so much that they can outplay them. So we'll see how it goes. And I feel like I'd much rather have Trey down the stretch than Giannis. You know, it's times like this where I can't believe I let you have an opinion on things, but um, I don't like you're you're wrong. You're just wrong. I don't know how else to say it. Like you're objectively wrong. The Bucks, the Bucks are are so much better. No, than, indeed, than isn't Philly. just as good as. The, the Bucks are so much better than Philly, and it's not not necessarily got anything to do with, with with roster construction. Like Giannis scares me way more than Embiid does. And you know that's no, coming, I disagree. That's coming from from somebody who's had their doubts about Giannis. Like, like I promise you, like Embiid's forty points on ridiculous usage doesn't scare me. Giannis can win a game in what? this. What? I can he though? Can Giannis though? Can what? Can Giannis win you a game in the fourth, though? He doesn't have to win you a game in the fourth. And this is exactly why I have the Bucks in six. is because the Bucks are going to win a lot of games really early. They won't even have to close games out. Here's one thing. We're going to see. If there's one thing that I can say about Atlanta, is that when they have off-night shooting, they have really off-night shooting. And Trey can try his ass off to bring Atlanta back. And sometimes Trey will get it going and they'll still be down 15. It just won't be enough. And I feel like unless the Hawks have a, continue, you know, just their great shooting overall and getting getting guys to step up, I just don't see a path for the Hawks to actually win. Trey 
Trey being generational in this series, you know, averaging 35 and 10 is not going to be enough for the Hawks to beat the Bucks. And that's why and I, I what think... What if Trey's the best player in the series? What if he plays like the best player in the series? And, you know, that's what I mean. Like, if Trey averages 35 and 10, I still don't know if that's enough. I feel like they need too much to happen in order to beat the Bucks. Because to me... Do they, though? What do they need? Like, I, Trey can outproduce Giannis. Scoring can the wise. Hawks role players? Can the Hawks role players outproduce Middleton and Holiday? Is the question, and I think they can. Collect, I don't know though. You know, on average, you you might you might have a point, but to me, Giannis, Middleton, Holiday—that's seventy points on an average night in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of... Pr- they don't need much more. And I know their bench is terrible. I'm with you on that. Like, Brent Forbes is a one-trick pony. Just just there to shoot. And that's fine. Pat Connaughton, I don't think he should be in the league. Thanasis, I'm not even going to... P.J. Tucker... I don't think P.J. Tucker I'm, should be in the league. But I'm higher on P.J. Tucker than you are. Because if there's one thing I'll give P.J. Tucker is he's a great... You're saying that because he's a Rocket, bro. No, there's a lot of former Rockets I don't like, Chris Paul. Anyways, P.J. Tucker... <laughs> To me. Bro, he can't even make corner corner threes, bro. That's the only thing he can do offensively, and he's not even good at it, bro. Like, he's okay. I mean, Tucker's not on the floor to produce points. Tucker's on like, the Like, who's he going to guard? Like, who's he on the court to guard against Atlanta? I guess Bogdanovich. Like, why would you want him on Why would you not put Middleton on Bogdanovich? Like, it just doesn't make sense for him to be on the floor. Well, there's a lot of things Milwaukee can do defensively because their entire starting five can play defense. Well, except for Brooke Lopez, but at least, like, he can block shots. I don't think Brooke Lopez it's is like, that good of a defender, but... They don't even have a point guard, man. <laughs> I don't know where the playmaking comes from. If Drew, Lo- if Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton beat me, beat my team... On step back mid ranges, I'll eat all my words about them, but like they don't scare me at all. Like they're not that good. I was like, I guarantee you, if they beat, if they are the reason that we lose, them just making big buckets down the stretch, then I'll eat my words. But like for now, I feel like a combination of Herder, Bogdanovich, and Collins, and even Reddish can outscore uh, Middleton. Um, and holiday if if i can't trust middleton why should i trust bogdanovich well because bogdanovich is the better player yeah no he's not but bucks have bucks have too much hawks have to match it and bucks play are a way better team defensively and it's going to be too much the bucks will win a lot of games early and Oh, this run's it. coming. In, this run's coming to an end, unfortunately. <laughs> Is and the the Sixers? You lag no. a little bit. What in my say? opinion, I asked if the Bucks are a better defensive than the 76. Yes. I'll say yes. I disagree. The, I mean, if the weak point in the defense is Brooke Lopez, like, it's not a bad thing at all. But I feel like Trey is going to get to the lane at will. And when Trey gets into the lane, like, your entire defense in scramble mode and 
I feel like I feel like Trey is going to be the best player on the floor. He may not be better than Giannis, but I feel like Trey will outplay him. And that's what I think will happen. And when you have the best player on the floor, you're always in it. So we're going to see. It all comes down to the role players hitting open shots because they're going to get a lot with the way Trey passes the ball. And the second, if they think about starting Forbes over uh, Tucker, then... <laughs> he's he's gonna get oh, attacked. He's getting attacked. He's, he's getting attacked. They'd no, he's very, getting attacked by Trey. They'd be He'll very get attacked by Trey, that. and that's why Tucker's on the floor. They'd be very stupid to do that. God, when you, <laughs> fire booted Holzer, bro. If they decide to do that, Jesus. If you have Tucker on the floor, though, that's just another guy for Trey to hide on. It makes your offense four on five. The Bucks don't need to worry about you know scoring that much. Not mm-hmm. as much as the Hawks do collectively like Trey can Trey will have probably have a lot of good games in this series but like I don't know I feel like having an offensive engine like Trey that can carry your team to 100 points a night valuable than what the Bucks have in my opinion I don't know I'm I'm just partial to floor general I feel like Trey will have his guys ready I like and my thing is but a guy run but Reddish is gonna have a game or two in this series. That's all I'm gonna say. Reddish is gonna. <laughs> the Reddish, Reddish is gonna. Have a, I'm telling you, Red, it's back. He's healthy again. Um, he's gonna now. I'm telling you, he's gonna. He's gonna have some for Chris Middleton, defensive wise. Like he'll he'll be there for Middleton. Like Reddish is the best defender on the team on ball. He's better than Hunter. Like against a player of like Chris Middleton's. Oh yeah, that's perfect for Reddish. And I feel like Reddish is perfect for Booker, too. So we're going to see how it works out. Um, the last thing yeah, I'll Reddish say... Reddish will have something for him. The last thing I'll say, and... You know, you're very high on the upside of, you know, Trey Young having a great series. I feel like Trey could definitely have a good series. Like, we, he hasn't really had a bad series collectively yet. But... Yeah. They don't just... They, they need Trey to have a good series. Like, th- this is not, like, the first two series from my point of view. Like, Trey... They need Trey to be good, and they also need the rest of the team collectively to input scoring. Mm-hmm. To me, the Bucks are going to be more consistent in that regard. They're better defensively than the Hawks. I think this is a, diff- this is a different is, challenge than Philly. All I'm saying is, I hope that Pella is not Blake Griffin. It'll, it's going to be tougher down there. What I want the Hawks to do, I don't know if they're going to do it. I just want Giannis, well, not Giannis. Uh, I want Capella and Collins to just wall off the paint and force P.J. Tucker to make three. That's, <laughs> that's my game plan, bro. But, like, I feel like the Hawks have the bodies to throw at him, too. I think Akongu, Akongu is very Bam-esque when it comes to defense. Like, he's I don't know if you saw him, and I don't know if you saw his impact on the floor. Like, even Game 7, he put together some huge minutes against I'm an Okongwu believer. I am an Okongwu like believer. Like, he... I, obviously, we're not going to depend on him just because of how great Clint is on defense, but I feel like coming off the bench, Okongwu can put together some more big minutes against Giannis. And it should be fun to watch. And I, I just... If the Hawks can push the series to 6 or 7, bruh, I think they can win. If it's a short series, Milwaukee's winning. But agreed, agreed yeah. on that. Um, you know, 
you, you had mentioned P.J. Tucker hitting quarter threes. Let's transition over to the West, where the Utah Jazz <laughs> got knocked out by a Terrence Mann 40 ball. Bro, oh Terrence Mann God. is him, bro. Terrence Mann is a future <laughs> Supermax in this league. Terrence Mann's corner three ball is like Bruce Brown's floater to me. That'll get, He's going to get paid, him a bag one day. <laughs> He's going to get paid, bro. Oh, man. Where do we start in this series? Because, like, there's, there is kind of it, a lot well, to unpack. Was, was Terrence Mann the third best player on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's funny, bro. And there's oh, one thing man. I'll give Terrence, man. Because to me, that, that 40 ball was fake as hell. But if there's one thing I will give him, shout out to Terrence, man, for exposing Rudy Gobert. And just going right I don't even right know if I can him. call it fake, though. I don't even know if I can call it fake. Because they were just wide open shots he was making. Like, they weren't even trying to contest it. Oh, like, okay, 25 of his points were just, like, literally just open shots. But there was one yeah. basket in particular while they were coming back from down 25. Coast? Where he, like he the LeBron bucket co- yeah. in between three people? He went coast to coast on the whole team and went over Gobert. Like, that, that is not real. I, like, okay, dude. Hey, oh, I, I'll get Terrence funny, Manning, man. man credit, though. Like, the confidence to go at Gobert the way he did and Reggie Jackson too Reggie Jackson's been amazing these playoffs and I'm that should show you how much people like revere Rudy Gobert's defensive player of the years for someone to even attempt that on you to dunk on you as a defensive player of the year that should tell you something about what people think of your defense and that wasn't Paul George going up on him that was like a 6'4 you know combo guard player like who has no business doing that he did it twice too. He dunked on him twice. Nobody on the Clippers was afraid of him at all. I don't. I don't think Gobert can be the best defensive player in the league, or even close to. I it think because he's like, look, he's a. Great, I think he's very dominant at what he does. Yeah, he's a good. He's good in his defensive role, but how many teams are there in the NBA where you can put Rudy Gobert on the other team's best player? Oh, none. Not, not well, many, like if two. any. Yeah, not many. There's not yeah. a lot. Of, there's not a lot of teams. Like that's what so. Ben Simmons should have been defensive player of the year. As much as I hate him, that's why I respect. Yeah, if there's one thing I'll say about Simmons, that's why I respect. You know, his ability defensively. Like guys like him, Drew Holiday. I'm, I'm a huge Dylan Brooks guy. <laughs> I like his defense. But those those are guys I respect. Holiday in there, but yeah. yeah, you're throwing Holiday in there, but uh, Simmons is he's deserving of that. Oh no, I'm not saying Holiday should have won, but I will say Holiday's the best perimeter guard defender in the league. Oh no, Tybalt's better than him. Oh, I'll show you. I'll sh- look, 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 look. You go after this podcast. Go watch what he did hit Dame all over again. That was and then we'll four talk. years ago. Bro. That was four years ago. He's still him. No, <laughs> not really. It's just like, bro, watching Drew. Like when I watch Drew Holiday and I watch him play, I'm like, damn, he's terrible. <laughs> That's so like, real. I respect that. You you don't ever get that feeling from somebody, bro. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm. He sucks. Like, no, it's this. Crazy. I ain't gonna lie. This postseason, Drew is like really making like he's letting he's letting like everybody behind him down because like Pelicans fans are it's obviously the playoffs. And it's the playoffs, and that's yeah. expected to happen. Like players who are good in the regular season ain't gonna be as good as the playoffs. But the thing is, Drew has like throughout his career, he stepped up in the postseason. I don't know what he's doing now. He's taking these weird think, step back mid ranges. Yeah. Like 
Maybe like, come he's on, getting, okay. If there's one thing I'll, I'll give Drew a pass, like he's being forced into a role he can't, he can't, he yeah. can't do. Like as a yeah. as a fourth quarter isolation down the stretch score, like that's not his thing. Like that's insane that, <laughs> that Mike Budenholzer put him in that role because yeah. he sucks. <laughs> That's, I mean, watching him like, what are you doing, bro? Did you, you know the one like floater at the end of the game, <laughs> like airball? You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, yeah. Drew Holiday is one of those players that's funny to watch, man. He, he He's like an elite defensive, like, Kyle Kuzma on offense. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be, dude. Oh man, I know you're gonna be sick if Drew has a good series against Atlanta, and he's bro. Like, no, no, no I'm telling you, I'm telling you, bro. If Drew Holiday with his score ever, I swear I'll shut up. I swear I'll <laughs> stop talking this work. Like, look, I got my bias towards Drew because, like, I've watched, you know, I've watched Drew several times in the postseason. Like, he's very good, but like, he's he's been bad this postseason offensively. It's it's because he has that weird Mike Conley. Oh yeah, that underrated stamp. Like, okay, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> Anyways, oh, let's, get, let's get back to the Jazz series. So, I mean, like, we talked started talking about this. Yeah, my fault. No, my fault. <laughs> you're good, bro. We started talking about this because of Gobert, and, you know, we established that, like, you know, nobody on the yeah, is afraid of him. He's a niche role defender, you know, good for him, whatever. Block block your shots, you know, allow 34% in the paint. Good for you, dude. Rim protection's important, but, like, come on. You gotta, you know. He's just not that it's impactful just... besides that. He's a negative besides that, honestly. I feel like wing defenders matter, or are yeah. more impactful. Yeah, yeah, uh, individually, yes. Um, so as far as the rest of Utah goes, um, Mitchell played really good. There's nothing. Hats off to Donovan Mitchell. Absolutely, there's no, there's no debate. Their whole team played all right. Like they didn't play bad. We'll get into they some... just lost. Yeah, I mean the team around Mitchell besides Gobert, like really not a whole lot to argue about i mean like mitchell could use like i feel like the jazz are kind of built a, a similar way the hawks are you know what i mean by that with shooters a bunch yeah. of role players you, know, that you can got your, your star guy up. to you know carry the offense and then you've got a bunch of really solid <laughs> that get 20 like ingles um clarkson bogdanovich like just a lot of you know guys who could do their part mike conley you don't the only thing like, they're missing is a playmaker. Well, Conley tried to go. Yeah. He, uh, Con- you could tell he wasn't there. Didn't Conley get named to the All-Star team this year? What? Oh, yeah, he sure did, bro. That was a pity. That was a pity All-Star appearance, by the way. Crazy. Out of all the guards in the West, this was not the season for him to make that. He should have made that in Memphis, but that's a whole other, that's an old other discussion. I'm not even that passionate about it. It's just something that I need to point out there. Mike Conley is not in his prime right now at all. But, like, yeah, Utah's built similarly to the way the Hawks are in that regard. I think Quinn Snyder is a really great coach. And you, think, you, think, you seem to think he's a little less highly on him, but... He's a, I think he's a good coach. A great coach would have took Gobert out. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you got to watch him like, hey, this isn't working. Let me try something else. But no, he, he just wrote it out. So I, I used to think he was a great coach, too. But, I mean... You know, he, he's still obviously for the Jazz to be the one seed, you got to be a, like a really good coach. But, I agree, an adjustment should have been made. But if I sort of had to play like devil's advocate for him, like, you know, if you take Gobert out, like, what do you do from there? <laughs> you got to live with it because their perimeter defense is so bad that 
you just gotta guard the Clippers players one on one. And we know we know the Clippers are extremely versatile on both ends. They come out in, in small ball five out lineups, and they come out with lineups with mm -hmm. Zubach, and you have to at least account for him, or otherwise he's gonna kill you. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's hard to play. It's really hard to like mm -hmm. play against the Clippers by sticking to a philosophy. Yeah. Ty Lue just beat him. But Ty Lue's a great coach. No, you know who beat him is Paul George. Hats off to Paul George. Oh yeah, yeah. Paul George played a hell of a series too. Paul Can't George was fantastic. And <laughs> Paul yeah. George is seemingly getting over the mental hump. And you know, he made a comment. Um hey, hey, let's slow down on that comment though. <laughs> let's let's slow down on that. He had a great series. <laughs> hey, Paul George had a great series against Utah to close them out without Kawhi Leonard. And he, he deserves a bunch of credit for that. So hats off to him for that. But we'll talk about that, the mental aspect of it more when we go into the Phoenix series. <laughs> no, he made a comment that I want to talk about, like, because it's, re it's relevant to the series. And he oh, said, yeah, I got you. Go ahead. He said um, something along the lines of him being back in that Indiana mode. He needs to be in that mode the whole time. Do you know what the Clippers' upside is if he's in that mode, like his Indiana, even his OKC MVP year mode? And like, it's just like the bro, the knowing that he's the guy. Like, why can't you if be he the can play guy? like the guy, bro? Right, he can be the guy alongside I, Kawhi. I genuinely feel like Paul George is capable of that. Yep. Like I, like you know, we Paul George could be a better scorer than Kawhi Leonard and, if like, he wanted to. I mean, there was a point in time where. I thought he was his OKC year, that MVP year. He averaged 28 yep. a game, was incredibly efficient, had a monster month of like January and February. He was carrying the team. I mean, like we've seen flashes. I feel like that's the problem with him. He just stopped being the guy. Like even in OKC, he wasn't the guy. It was Russ. I feel like Paul George needs to have the this sort of like collective void. The mentality vo that he's Vote of guy. confidence maybe. Like just, mm -hmm. he needs to feel like he's the guy. And maybe... Yeah. It's gonna be hard for him to really get over that, cause like it, you know, I I understand it. It's an ego thing. I completely get it. Like I'm not gonna rag on him for it. Like it's an ego thing. But you know, at some point you gotta make sacrifices to win games. And like all, all Paul George needs to do is just like realize like I should go out there and be as best as I can be, cause the best Paul George can be is really damn good. Yep. He could have been a top five player. Yeah, I mean. I don't think so anymore, but. Yeah, he could have. I mean, like going back to if y'all if y'all don't remember this freak era where Roy Hibbert was like one of the best centers in the league, Paul George was also <laughs> like really damn good at the age of like twenty three. He went toe to toe with the with the with LeBron, LeBron Heat, <laughs> and his help was Lance Stevenson. Yeah, he he pushed them to seven, bro. Yeah, Paul man, it's kind of a big what if like. How good could he have been, bro? Like, cause he was, bro. What, what can Paul George not do on bro, the floor? He, Paul George could have been in that tier with LeBron, KD, Kawhi, and Steph. He could have been there. He, there, I, like, again, there's nothing he can't do on the floor. Scores inside and out, right. creates shots. He's an okay playmaker. Shot. He's a great defender. Just bro, a shot like, maker, bro. He's gifted. Like, if you watch Jason Tatum now, that's what Paul George was like. As yeah, far as shot I like creation. That I like that comparison a lot, actually. 
as far as shot creation, being able to hit any shot on the floor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we'll see though. We'll see how if he still has it. And we'll get know. we'll get into some of his performances in the Clippers Sun series a little bit later. But you know, one last thing I want to touch on in this Jazz Clippers series is, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell's been so spectacular, and I still don't think he gets enough love for what he does for Utah. But like. Does Mitchell like have any chance to win in Utah? Like, or was this like the oh. last chance? I feel like he needs to get out, dude. This was this was their best opportunity. No LeBron, no KD, no, no Curry. Kawhi, no no Curry, no Kawhi. Yep. I don't I don't see them winning it. <laughs> I mean, I'll just be real. I don't think you can win with. Who's gonna come to Utah and help him? Yeah. Like I don't think you can win with Rudy Gobert as your second best player. They'd have to do. I'm not, uh, they'd have yeah. to admit that Gobert is not fit, and they'd have to offload his contract. They'd have to probably offload Mike Conley's salary. At least you can get something for him. I mean, I'm not sure you can win with Mitchell as your first best player. Like he's he's special. I'm gonna have to disagree on that. I think Mitchell's Mitchell's very capable of that. So he's better than the Giannis and AD. I think he has the potential to get there. And I think he's yeah. shown flashes. I mean, he's had so I will many say this. good games, bro. Like, he's statistically, like, bro, he's historic when it comes to how much he's doing at this young of an mm-hmm. age. Like, I used to say it was only four guys that you can win with as your best player. And it was that way for a while. But now, with more and more people coming into the league, with so much young talent. Like, that's why I said I really don't know. Like, I'm not against him. Like, I'd have to see it though. We're seeing you get what a I'm shift, saying? and we're gonna talk, you know, kind of about this shift when we get into our top tens later. But I feel like I want, I want Mitchell in Atlanta. That's what I want. And hey, that'd be nice. He'd be a really good fit. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk what about would, it, what would the Hawks have trade for? Mm. Uh, a lot, mm. a lot. <laughs> Probably have to get rid of Reddish. Yeah, um, I'm okay with that. You may even have to get rid of Hunter. That's what I would ask if I was the Jazz. I won't want to get rid of Hunter. I wouldn't if I was Atlanta either, but if I'm the, if I'm Utah, I'm asking for him, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Let's get into the Clippers Sun series. Um, admittedly, I did not catch most of game two. I saw bits and pieces. I saw DeAndre Ayton go absolutely crazy, and I saw the last 30 seconds of the game, but I didn't, I didn't see a lot. Game two was just one of those playoff games. Nobody could really get anything going. Book and PG, their shots just weren't fall. So... Um, in drop three points, fake. Um, well, he was getting to the lane and making layups at will. Like in the first half, he had so many easy layups. Like him being able to blow by players at will is—it's <laughs> pretty funny. It's—they're gonna have to adjust to that because he's been good. I—I I don't know if Chris Paul is gonna be better than Payne. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, he's been good though. And like oh, down the stretch, bro. All right, we'll talk about what happened. Like in game two, Paul George, the Clippers, and this is what's. There was some terrible officiating last night. I can't lie. But down the stretch, Paul George, <laughs> your team's up one. He gets fouled. There's like eight seconds left, and he misses both free throws. And so it's a one point lead the other way, and then. Some time runs off the clock, then they come in and for some reason they're guarding DeAndre Ayton on the pick on the perimeter. 
and then Devin Booker sets a hell of a screen and <laughs> a lob dunk for the win. Like, it's just terrible, terrible that's a, execution. That's a freak buzzer beater, dude. But terrible dunk execution. to end the game. <laughs> like, yeah, there were five reviews in the last minute 30 from what I heard. And oh, it was like the last three minutes of the game lasted like 30 minutes, man. It was unwatchable for a time. It's just insane. I mean, there's, I don't know, like, I don't know what specifically changes need to be made, but like that should just not happen. Like there's no other way around it. Like make the reviews quicker. I don't know, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. It was pretty unwatchable. Yeah. I mean, okay, so the Suns are up 2-0 right now. And they haven't had Chris Paul. It just feels like they haven't missed Chris Paul. Like <laughs> Bro, I, I did I not see can. this coming, but it really feels like they have not missed him at all. Like they're doing bro, I swear just to God, fine. Chris Paul's not that good, bro. <laughs> I swear to God, he's not. Look, if there's anything I can like say about Chris Paul is for him to be this good at 36 is pretty impressive. But I feel like he gets yeah. way too much love. He's I don't think he's Phoenix's best player. And I don't I got you, but one thing. After you finish, go ahead. Yeah. So I don't think CP3 is the best player on Phoenix. I think he could be the second best player on a title team, sure. You know, he's had a great career. Um, and, you know, the shortcomings in the postseason, I, I, they're ne- they're, there's one season in particular where it definitely was his fault. But, you know, I feel like he's just a, he's been an unlucky player. He, he represents a brand of basketball that is going away. And it is kind of kind of hard to see it go away but just 36 year old chris paul like guys like he's not that good he's good he's a second best player on this on a a team that's about to be in the finals it looks like but he's not an mvp candidate can we cut that shit out dude it's ridiculous he's he's averaging 10 points (laughs) less than booker like come on I know he does other things. I know his effect, you know, goes further than the stat sheet. It's like, dude, are we being serious here? Are we watching the games? Booker had a 40-point triple-double in game one. Like, are we- No, bro. Uh, Chris Paul taught him how to do that. <laughs> That's his influence right there. But no. Yeah, go ahead and say what you wanted to say, though. Oh, yeah. Chris Paul, bro, when his team's already up 10 points, he's unstoppable. <laughs> when his team- I swear he's unguardable when his team's up 10, bro. That's He's got that Curry-esque, I'm up 15, I can do what I want now about him. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, and I will say the Suns did miss that, because they can't put away the Clippers. Like, the Clippers have came back from multiple 10-point leads, so they're missing his front-running ability. <laughs> <laughs> bro. Hey, bro. I, bro, I don't know who's more automatic when, when their team's already up 10, regardless of what they did before. I swear it's Chris Paul. <laughs> Like, like, okay, I don't want to push, like, ridiculous bullshit about Chris Paul, even though I easily could. But, like, if we're being real, like, he's not that important to the, the success of Phoenix. He's not leading this team to the fucking He's important, promise. though. He's important. I think he's, he's a important. good player. He's a like, star I'd rather player. have him out there than Payne. <laughs> I mean, of course. But, like, it's just like, dude, he missed game two and campaign scored 30. Like, come on, bro. They they look they look fine defensively. I mean, they're a great defensive team. They're very well coached. They move the ball very well on offense. Like, bro, I don't see a team that's making more like. Extra I will say, passes. book had like seven turnovers though. Book had like seven turnovers. In game two, that was one. Yeah, that was one like visual. Interesting. Yeah. 
they missed Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch it too, so happen, I can't though. speak on that. But from what I've seen in the playoffs so far, Booker's been an excellent distributor. And the Suns, collectively, like, they're very well coached. They make extra passes. They make cross-court passes. They know where the open man's going to be. They're very well on script. They're just really well coached. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about the Clippers a bit in the series. Um, so, they're still in it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because when you got Kawhi Leonard in your back pocket and you don't know when he's coming back, they're never out of the series. The Clippers could be down 3-0, and I don't I don't think they'll be out of the series because Kawhi's that Yeah, because, like, no, Kawhi would be the best player on the court by a wide Wide margin. margin. Like, a, a, it's... Kawhi's top three, man. I don't care what anybody got to say. Like, Kawhi's top three unanimously. Kawhi yeah. is very good. And they get that back. Maybe Paul George catches a rhythm. And the Clippers are already a very... They're a damn good shooting team. Bro, imagine replacing, like... Who, who's starting on that team now? Imagine replacing, like, Terrence Mann or Patrick Beverly, Beverly with Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Yeah, Reggie Reggie Jackson's getting the starting nods, right? Oh yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. I know. In the Dallas series, he was getting all of them, but I didn't know if uh, that followed through. With Absolutely. The series. Yeah, Reggie Jackson's been amazing though. But like you yeah, said, he's gonna like, get paid. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah, Kawhi. It's just crazy. But I will say, it's crazy to me. I want to. Beverly has out. been good though. Yeah. See, you. We had talked a little bit before. You know, we were recording about how like Beverly's defense has kind of caught your eye, which I was a little surprised about because I know how you feel about individual defense. No. Yeah. Individual defense is meaningless, but like against superstar players. But like, like when you're debating who's better than who, it, it's a very control statement. It's not important here, but um, like he was visibly giving Booker trouble. Like. And it was surprising to me because I've seen Booker bang with people before, but like you could, like his physicality bothered Booker. It may happen for another game, but obviously superstars will adjust. So, but he he gave Booker trouble last night, and it's on them for like not capitalizing on a Booker tough night. Yeah, but, I mean uh, they could easily yeah. they could easily just go back to what worked for them in Game One and just have Beverly chasing Booker off the screens, you know, and just not being able to to get any sort of contest on him. Maybe they. Maybe they just go back to working him in from the perimeter, but mm-hmm. see if they get Kawhi back and you can stick Paul George on Booker, yeah, then you're talking. What I wanted to point out, and before I forget, let me mention this: like it's a 2-0 series, but like the Clippers have been in every every one of those games, every one of those quarters, like they're fighting. Oh yeah, they're they very lost, close. They lost by one point in a game that Cam Payne dropped dropped 30 points, like. And DeAndre Ayton shot that. 80% on 25 yeah. points. You throw, you add Kawhi Leonard into the mix, Phoenix oh, yeah. should be worried. For, for the Clippers to be that close, and you add Kawhi now, fucking Leonard into the series. I will say this. I don't think Kawhi's coming back. But if they do, they're winning. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he, he doesn't have a sprained knee. Like, I don't know why they put that on the floor. I don't know how they're allowed to get away with that. But, you know, if, if Kawhi would even come back at, like, 85 percent it might get ugly it he'll still ugly be the best player on the floor yeah by, by a mile yeah. well not if he's 85 percent i don't think but he will be the best player on the court if he, like if he can even be paul george's level bro like shit if he can be better than patrick beverly it's it's a plus <laughs> <laughs> yeah one last thing i want to touch on on this uh clipper sun series is what did this game mean for the legacy of campaign 
All right, bro. Anyways, <laughs> you gotta go, to bro. Like, come on. Bro. <laughs> My fault. All right, let's let's. I think we're done with game recaps. Let's get to the top yeah. ten. Top ten players in the league right now. I'll let you go first. <laughs> Why you want me to go first? All right, I'll go ahead though. Um, I mean, I'll go first if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead. All right. I'll name them off. I'll, and I'm gonna like, I have a common theme throughout my list that I want to point out and how I, cause I mean, look, we're gonna get to these lists and people gonna realize like, there's a lot of players that could be in this list. I think we came up with 13. No, like I'll say this. There are legitimately 13 top player, top 10 players in the league. 13 guys who think? could definitely be in this list. Like it's gonna be some really yeah. big names left off this list. But you know, I saw, before I even get to this, I saw a poll uh like on instagram or whatever it's like is devin booker a top 10 player you know everybody's no. off the top of your head like yes yes like no people don't realize like there's a lot of good players like just throwing devin booker in the top 10 is a big ass claim and you'll see in a second so yeah. here's my top i feel 10. like he's between 15 and like 17. he's yeah i feel like that's where he is let's get in the top my top 10 though so number one kevin durant number two lebron number three Kawhi. number four luca number five curry Number six, I have Harden and Giannis. If you want to put Giannis over Harden, though, I'll get into that later. I couldn't decide. Um, at eight, I have Jokic. At nine, I have Dame. And 10, I have Tatum. So in my list, I favored guys who can do it all offensively. And that's why I have Luka above Curry, which I know Josh disputes. And that's why I have guys like Jokic uh, higher than Dame, because I feel like Jokic does everything on the floor offensively whereas Dame his his you know he's a fantastic three-point shooter and a creator of offense but Dame's a point guard I, I, don't, I don't know that Dame in late game situations I don't know if I trust him as much as you know some of these other guys in this list I had Tatum in my top 10 over Embiid over Anthony Davis what was the last player that like we decided was like good enough to be here ad and it was one more oh trey young trey young yeah that's who it was yeah so oh yeah hey josh is gonna have some nasty some nasty trey young agenda to be pushing but i have tatum over trey look trey's been so so fucking fantastic in these playoffs he's gonna be pushing up my list real soon if he has another good series but i like a guy like tatum right now because again doing it all on offense he's a great individual <laughs> defender as well i, I like I like Tatum over Trey for now, but oh man, my list be fun. <laughs> All right, yeah, I feel like I've explained my list pretty well. Um, again, AD and B Trey, they're all good enough to be on this list. If you want to put them on this list, I don't mind because the gap between the gap between like Harden, Giannis, and Trey is very, very small, bro. It's very small. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Josh. All right, let's, let's go. All right, so number one, I got LeBron, just because you know pedigree. All that. It was a tough year. If you want to put KD or Kawhi above him, that's fine. Whatever. Number two, I got KD. Uh, obviously, he he was great. This series, like he was generational. Couldn't get it done in overtime. But um, Kawhi is my number three. Then I got Steph Curry at four. Then I got Giannis at five. Then I got Jokic at six. And then I got Trey Young at seven. Then I got Luka at eight. Then I got Harden at nine. Then I got Embiid at ten. What? what the hell is wrong? No words. Like 
What? Hey, just explain. What, what do you need? You, you know what I'm right. pissed off about. Go, explain, bro. <laughs> I'm going off of like who can get mass the most. That's like one of the big things. Also, offensive creation. I feel like a floor general can create the most for their team. Obviously, those first four are solidified. It doesn't matter what you like. Look at their flaws in their game. Those top four are solidified. But outside of that, I'm looking off of like who who do I think can be the best player in the series, basically. So I don't know. I put Giannis at number five because he was right there with KD that series. No, and he wasn't. I put. Yeah, he was, bro. He was scoring 40 a night. I don't know what more you could expect out of Giannis. He, Giannis, like, averaged, Giannis averaged 31 and 13, which is cool, whatever. KD averaged like 36 in that series. That's just scoring, though. But he was way more efficient, too. It, playoff time, bro, efficiency is not really that big of a deal to me. Like, if you're going to shoot, you're going to miss sometimes. and It's about, like, hitting the shots that matter. So, um okay let me trace back to your floor general point luca at eight why luca embodies oh, because, everything you're saying because trey's better than him okay but why is so, Giannis better than luca that makes no sense because Giannis is still playing oh my god damn that is <laughs> that's insane that's insane bro Hey, hey, Luca, bro, I saw Luca shrink in seven straight fourth quarters. Like, if you can get it done for the first three quarters, but then you're too gassed in the fourth quarter, that just tells me something about your work ethic. Like, and it's the same thing for Embiid, too. Didn't you like, you Harden played great. Luka? No, 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 I had Harden below Luca. Oh, yeah, you had Harden like nine, that's right. Harden was, was number five on my, on my list before the playoffs. And he, he was just so bad in those last uh two games that i just not nah, like him just not caring kind of so being in, being, in the play- being in the playoffs is a big part of uh trey being higher than luca yeah and like being able to what elevate about his what about team. Steph? what about Steph? what about Steph? what about Steph? no i told you Steph? that i told you those first four are solidified there's nothing you can do to argue like those top four players are a step above everybody else he's not what bro come on <laughs> luca can pass the ball and that's very important i think playmaking is like the second most important skill on the floor but what steph does without passing the ball just running around the court is i don't want to be a steph gravity freak but like it's a <laughs> real thing and that's why he was the guy on his team instead of kd um why no, I have was. Trey? No, he wasn't, but okay. okay. Yeah, he was. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. But why I have Trey above Embiid? Well, uh, Trey just beat Embiid with a pretty level playing field. I oh, think I got no, pro- I got no problem with that. Embiid was not even in my top ten. Yeah. Who were the uh, three? Trey you being uh, Dame, Tatum, and AD. Okay, I can respect that. Honestly, those three being left off the list because Dame and Tatum were. Were they nine and ten on my list? So yeah, I can yeah. understand that. But Embiid being as high as high as he is. Okay. Wait. So, so it was, sorry, it was Dame Tatum AD, right? So you had yeah. Embiid in the top ten. Yeah, I had Embiid ten. I don't know about that. I don't know. 
it's just watching Embiid at times, it's just like every bucket he makes just like it sucks the life out of your team because he just like bullies people in the paint. Like all these guys can score and like it's just he can dominate a game like those guys can't really because he's a big and of course him being a big also hurts him when going against guys like Trey and uh, Steph and Luca, which is why they're better. But like Dame can't control like rebounding matters a lot and it's really underrated like i saw mb get like four straight offensive rebounds to keep a philly possession alive and like when they made that big three this was like game five i think <laughs> they made a huge run just with him keep keeping possessions alive and it matters and him being able to shoot the ball too like i really don't see a flaw in his game um. like uh, other than him being lazy and not conditioning, like yeah. not being able to go in the fourth. I want to sort of piggyback off of the point you made about how, like, you know, like, obviously rebounding is important, but, like, I I obviously, like, clearly don't really value big men that much, but, like, Jokic is my exception because Jokic, Jokic will bring the ball up the floor and go look for his shot. It's very awkward looking, but he will do it. Not that I'm thinking about it, bro. I might have Jokic right there with Embiid. I feel like they're pretty like neck and neck. I think Jokic is better for the reason that I mentioned. But I mean, there is obviously a huge gap defensively, but it's like, what do you value like, more? Um, Embiid can score just as good as uh, yeah, Jokic. Though. As far as production is concerned, absolutely. But like, I value Jokic being able to create offense. Yeah. Out of nothing. Oh yeah, I, that's why I have Jokic's defense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why I have Jokic better because I definitely, absolutely value playmaking over defense. Not um, even just like being a passing big man. Like Jokic is a big ass point guard. He will literally walk the ball up the floor and go make offense when it's not there. I think yeah. it matters more than Embiid's defense. But um, I believe we said our piece about our top ten. If there's anything else you want to add? <laughs> I this top ten, bro. This was a freaky top ten, and I the way I positioned it was to get Trey as high as possible. I, I if I, I'm listing like top ten, like just purely best when I'm just looking at skills on the court, not looking at any of the intangibles. He could be lower, but when the the it factor is there for me. So, so. one thing that I wanted to point out, like. Okay, Tatum seems like a guy who kind of fits that mold. Like, he's got all, like, the skill, but, like, Tatum's mm -hmm. also got intangibles. Like, he's yeah. a clutch player. He wants to yeah. be the best player on the floor. He's the best player on the Celtics, and he knows it. Like, he'll take the big shots. So, to me, that's why I have Tatum over Trey. But, like, it's getting, it's getting to the point where Trey's, like, for me, is really creeping up on him. Because this this whole top ten could be trash by the end of the playoffs. Like, who knows what's gonna happen? But like, mm -hmm. this top ten is a testament. This league is talented. If Trey Young, if Trey Young <laughs> wins a championship this year with this roster, would I be wrong for putting him as a top three player? Top three? Mm-hmm. That would be saying Trey is better than either Kawhi, Durant, or LeBron. I'd have to take Kawhi out. <laughs> okay, if it would be those three, it would be Kawhi, because Kawhi's my third. But... Because I, I already have him above Luka. Just off of beating Philly. Um, 
before that, I didn't have him above Luca. That's the one thing on that list. Like, that's insane. Trey over Luca is very insane. Like, Trey would have to win the finals for me to, okay. to think about that. What does Luca do better than Trey? A lot of things. Damn near everything. What does he do better than Trey, bro? Because he done pass better. He done shoot better. The only thing I can give him is he he may shoot the three better. And even then, that's not even Trey's game. If you get Trey into the lane, bro, Trey's a better passer. Nah, Trey, Trey's Trey a better. finishes better. Trey. So Trey finishes better for sure, right? No, Round. no, no, what? no. You're crazy, bro. You have no option if you can't tell Trey's finishing around the rim is insane. Trey barely finishes around the rim. Yes, Luka, he does, bro. Trey's finishing anybody. is Kyrie esque. That's insane. Trey's finishing bro, is Kyrie esque. Like, Trey's finishing is Kyrie esque. I'll give you Trey shooting because Luca's a, a streaky ass shooter. But finishing, like, that's Luca's game. That's where Luca's the best. Luca's mid range is better. Luca's finishing doesn't move me. That's very insane. I don't know what the, right, come I don't on. Know what the hell you're I feel on, like, bro. Trey shoots better. Trey passes better. Trey dribbles better. Trey makes his team better. Um, Trey's better in team defense. Okay, which dude, that's matters a, that's way a, more. That, that's a freak. So Trey's not better. Cherry. So that's Trey's a, not better in team defense. That's a freak so Trey's not better in team defense. That's a freak cherry pick. So Trey's not better in team defense. So he's not better in team defense. Luca's a better defender. I don't care. But team defense, because individual defense doesn't matter. Collectively, and even individual Luka's team, like Luca, is a better defender than Trey. It's not close. Bruh, no, he's not, bruh. If you think Trey's that bad defensively, I don't even think Trey's right. bad. I just think Luca's better. But Luca's more defensively, though. Like I saw him get hunted, bruh. I, I haven't seen Trey get hunted like that. Getting hunted by Kawhi is not exactly like being a terrible defender. Yeah, but he got hunted like period though. By Reggie Jackson, by Paul George. Hunter. I don't want to say that's what lost in the series because his supporting cast was awful. But like, I feel like Luca plays a lot of part in ball as far as like, there's not much room for his team to play better. His because team like, fucking sucks. They suck. They suck. But he can't raise. He's not raising them at all. You get what I'm saying? He's raising Tim Hardaway. He's raising everybody on the floor, but Porzingis. No, he is not. He is not raising Tim Hardaway, bro. Tim yes, Hardaway's making freak. Tim Hardaway's making freak threes. He's not raising him. He's bro. definitely raising Dorian Finney-Smith, and I, you cannot argue that. But at all. Dorian Finney-Smith doesn't do anything anyway. Okay, dude. Dude, you make an open three, like whatever. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Trey turned Clint. Trey, Trey turned John Collins into asking for a max, bro. Like, that's insane. Trey has like five teammates who are better than Poison Kids. And he almost all right, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, this was the same argument when Trey didn't make the playoffs. Oh, why doesn't Trey make his team better? Oh no, so. no, you you wouldn't have heard that from me, but I know who you're speaking to. I'll let yeah. I'll let y'all decide what y'all think about that because I think that's insane. But all I'm saying, bro, Trey Young is in this in the third round of the playoffs, and Luca, he is fighting in his country's civil war. So, oh, are you a uh, a winning in rings guy? Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Hold on, hey, bro, hey, bro. If Trey, if bro, I'm telling you, if Trey, I'm a LeBron fan, so I've never been that guy. Like I've hated that argument so much. 
if Trey Young somehow wins a ring, I will completely switch up. Like, I will completely change who I am. Just for, just for the sake of that. Yeah. So, all right, we've had, we've had enough talk about this top 10. Wait, one last thing, though. If Trey wins a title, I'm calling him the best player in the world. Like, if he wins a title with this roster, I'm calling him the best player in the NBA. Oh, yeah, oh, 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 before I forget, uh, is Trey better than uh, 2011 MVP Derrick Rose right now? Quick. Oh, yeah, quick. yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Bruh, people saw Derrick Rose dunk on Goran Dragic and talk, talk about, like, he's better than Trey Young. I saw people calling him better than Steph, bruh. Prime Steph. Like, whatever, dude. Trey Young is better than him. I guarantee you, 30 and 11 on, like, elite floor general, raising your teammates up is much better than whatever Derrick Rose did, like just dunking, bro. Like, cool, you jump high, score. Score when it counts. Bro, Derrick Rose, the most overrated player of all time, bro. Him and Dwayne Wade. Whoa, we'll have to get to that another episode. I, I want to hear what you yes. guys say on that. But yeah, let's 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 move on before we get too far, too far off on a tangent. So we pretty much got the top 10, got the game recaps done. Uh, we mentioned that we wanted to talk about um, Zion and Luka in regards to like, some of their frustrations oh, yeah. with their organizations. Um, Luca ran a Hall of Fame coach out the building. You have to cater to Luca if you're Dallas. I don't care. That's a Hall of Fame coach, man. Rick Carlisle played Boban Marjanovic 30 minutes after not starting him all year. I think that's fireable. I mean, he didn't get fired, Did you? but it's fireable. Did you see what was happening, bro? Did you see what Kristaps Porzingis was doing? What, nothing? Yeah, exactly. So that's why he needed a big. For the Mavs, hey, all I'm saying for the Mavs even being Game Seven of that series is just unreal. Like the Mavs suck, dude. No, no, that was just the Clippers playing down to their opponent. That was just the Clippers playing down to their opponent. Yeah, but I understand why you're saying that. There's a lot of interlinked nasty agendas going on here. But so okay, but let's like let's like talk about like Zion Luca like regards like. The player the players league dynamic like, like so, people were crying about it like bro if you don't like shut up like they want to win like what are you talking about like they want to win games i don't know why people expect superstar players to just sit around and lose for like years and years and years it happened to lebron it's happening to Giannis now like bro you don't there like why do you have to sit around and lose for 10 years before your team starts building around you like what's the point of that for respect i don't like Cool, nice job, Dame. Got kicked out. Like, of cool, bro. Same you're t- same you're too solid for this era, bro. Like, okay. <laughs> no, if I'm a if I'm a, a star player, like, the fuck, I want to win. I'm gonna like, get paid regardless. Like, I want to win. I might as well have some damn fun while I'm at it. But if there's nah, one thing, not me. But hey, go ahead. What do you wait? What do you mean by that? No, nah, I want to be a supermax player. If I'm if I'm in the NBA, I want to be a supermax player on a losing team. That's like peak of me sleeping well i was like damn stats and wealth with no pressure bro just sounds fun yeah you're you you are you do fit the mold of somebody who folds under pressure but that's yeah anyways <laughs> real hardened hardened type guy <laughs> no to me like look i'm gonna make hundreds of millions of dollars regardless if i'm good enough like why not like try and do something with it you know what i mean but Bro, like, like okay okay with the pelicans in particular, i'll say one thing bro. go ahead go ahead tobias harris is living the life i want bro <laughs> <laughs> that's, so that's so real though that's so real bro he's 
<laughs> the seventh most paid player and he's just out there like getting vibes and buckets <laughs> he's so real i don't know he's, what he's not of... getting any blame too bro it's so funny <laughs> he's just chilling while ben simmons catches on his later hey, that's funny he's so that's real bro nah well, he's living so like okay so the reports about zion they weren't even from they, they weren't from zion i'm sure he's frustrated as fuck with the organization because i am i don't even play for the damn team but there was reports that his family wanted him elsewhere um and the whole thing with luca we were like it's clear and obvious that the mavericks are folding to luca's demands they got carlisle out they're gonna get porzingis out the changes are not over because the mavericks they don't have a lot of flexibility this offseason. They're gonna have to make something happen out of basically nothing in order to keep Luca happy. You know, I like that the players have power as to pose, opposed to owners and coaches, but sometimes it, it does kind of get in the way of like some of the more underappreciated elements of basketball, like team building. I don't care about that loyalty shit that much. Like you said, like, cool, Dame Lillard get kicked out of the playoffs by the same team 10 years in a row. Wow, awesome. But, like, a team like Phoenix, that's a rare team. Yeah, it can a team like A team like Miami, it's a rare team. Like, that shit does matter, and I'm glad, like, different, different ways of winning are being, you know, put into the forefront. Especially with these playoffs, you know, a lot of your favorite players are not in the not in the playoffs right now. But there's one complaint I do have about the players' league. It is that, but at the end of the day, like the Pelicans. Okay, so I saw They're some Pelicans. I saw some Pelicans fans saying that like we're only in year two. It's like yeah, we should be better than we are. We've had two years to do something with Zion Williamson, who's generational. Dude, it would be one thing if they weren't making the playoffs with just like a terrible off like roster, but yeah, like they were like just actually underperforming. Time to build it. Yeah, like they were like they were underperforming. Like Zion Ingram and Lonzo Ball, that's a pl- playoff court. That's a playoff court. Had to get an ops a whole thirty like I owed it to. <laughs> He's so nasty for that, bro. He was waiting on that. Nah. The Pelicans, they're a talented enough team to be in the playoffs. They've come up short. They just fired Stan Van Gundy. Thank fucking God. I wanted his ass out. So, like, from nah, the Nah, he, he was a good like coach. Time. It's just lazy. Okay, dude. Well, like, what reason do you have to say that, bro? Like, He's on. fat. He's not fat. He's obese, bro. He's big boned. <laughs> you got Ken's Tracks playing the four talking about the playoffs. No way. Okay. <laughs> Bro, he needs to like. Embiid's he's fatter. like two, bro. Yeah, Embiid is, but like Embiid's dominant though. Like, I, I'm just joking with the Zion stuff, <laughs> but like, he does need to drop down from like 290 to like 270 though. Oh no, for sure. I'm I'm with you on that. That's for his health. I don't think it affects his conditioning at all. Like he he he's got so much energy, but yeah, like I'm admittedly worried about his injury. But he you know played played a lot uh, last season. But back to the, you know, sort of the Pelican situation. David Griffin has not delivered. And the reason why I say they have to deliver this offseason is because we see the way that these players are getting what they want. We see that Zion's clearly, like, a little frustrated. If they don't do something now, bro, like, we've seen this type of thing happen in the past. The Pelicans in particular. We watched what happened with Anthony Davis. They got, they got, they got it figured out too late. 
with the Boogie team. They had they had something good going. They finally got it going. They got him some help. Then Boogie went down. You know, they had a, ni- a nice little playoff run where they beat Portland. But that was it. That was the peak of the Anthony Davis era in New Orleans. And if they don't start figuring shit out now, they're not going to have time to figure things out whenever Zion's in a contract year. Get it done. Figure yeah. this shit out now. Instill a winning culture. Put the right pieces around and try and fucking win. This team's good enough to win games now. This team yeah, is not full of like, scrubs. This is not. This is not like the Rockets and the Thunder. Like this team is fucking good. They have talent. Yeah, like that team should have been in the playoffs. They underperformed. Yeah, they <laughs> miserably underperformed. David Griffin, you, in, in my eyes, he's got one off season, or I want him out. And if we don't get it done this off season, I'm really worried about the Zion era in the future. Because look, we'll get the right to sign him to a max and get him for five more years. But like. What's what are those five years worth of like he's not gonna be committed to playing? And he just wants out. There's a players league. He'll get his way. I get not wanting to live in New Orleans. New Orleans is not a very nice city. They have good food though. Yeah, it is good for the food. You know, he seems violent. cool for the culture, but like, would you want to? Would you want to live there though? It's hot, humid. I get it. There's some nice. There, exactly there are it. some nice areas in New Orleans, but like, it's also some not very nice areas in New Orleans. That's like any city, yeah. but I, I mean, he'll be all right if they get the right pieces around him. All that matters is winning, dude. And David Griffin, you better hurry your ass up. But so with the Mavericks, I already mentioned they don't have flexibility. Luca's already pissed off, and he didn't hide about it at all. I mean, this just has to do with him not being able to work with the pieces he has around him. Very nasty, I might add. But so we talked. <laughs> We talked about the players league and what feeds into that and we talked about a little bit about this on episode one is like we hate sports media we don't do that shit around here we bring we bring our <laughs> version of sports media so in the peak yeah. of playoff basketball hawks made the eastern conference finals this is a crazy cinderella run that we're seeing like nobody thought the hawks would be here except for hawks fans and me but yeah. to actually see it, it's like it's still pretty shocking to me. Like I really did not think they had it in them. But you know what Skip Bayless is talking about? LeBron <laughs> and AD are following Westbrook's wife. What? On Instagram. Like okay, bro. Like you serious? I understand that sports media feeds on negativity and clicks, but it's like if you want to do that, you have Ben Simmons to literally throw a bucket of shit at if you want. And said they're talking about this. Like, okay, dude. It's so nasty. Like, you could even talk about the fucking Euro tournament and soccer. Like, nobody wants to hear LeBron and AD falling Westbrook's wife. Nobody cares. This is why sports media is in the shit. And this is why we do this. Like, it's terrible. Yeah. If sports media was good, we wouldn't even be doing this podcast. But... No, like, for real. Like, <laughs> it if, is what it is. If we had actual sports media content out there this wouldn't be a problem but instead we're getting uh social media stories very nasty yep Yep. game one two hours man oh i'm excited oh yeah we got a game tonight i almost forgot about that yep one thing i do i'm trying to get a little off script here the nba has been doing a really terrible job at starting the games on time Oh yeah, bro. Like I'll be watching NBA on TNT, and they'll like kind of fit in a whole show before the game, and it'll be like 
says 8.30 and it was starting at like 8.50 and I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like there's... <laughs> Fucking, like I have to watch Shaquille O'Neal make corny jokes for twenty minutes. I like have, whatever. I have to dude. hear what's, what's he was about to happen next. Okay, like get the fuck out of here. Like start the goddamn game. It's fucking seven fifty, yeah. and the game was supposed to start twenty minutes ago. That shit. That shit has been pissing me off. But no, back on topic. Yeah. So we have a final four, and we touched on this earlier. We've got a final four with no top five players. Mm-hmm. We Anybody's again, alive, bro. No KD. No LeBron, no Kawhi, no Curry. Will we see this again? Have we nah, ever seen this? I don't. Uh, nah, I don't think so. I mean, off the top of my head, I, I can't think. Not it's not in my lifetime. Like, this is rare, it's dude. The Kobe, the Kobe years, Denton Duncan. Does uh, does this kind of mark like a who's... transition? at all oh there was that was it was, was d wade hold on was d but they faced kobe though they faced kobe and Shaq. yeah i was gonna say the pistons faced kobe and Shaq, right but those are two top five players yeah so that you can't was, yeah. was d wade a top five player in 2006 i, I don't yes, know yes he might have been the best player in the world in 2006 oh okay who's 2005 champion san antonio i believe it was the spurs I don't remember who they beat. And then you got the Lakers years. Yeah, I, we I've never seen a Final Four with no top five players. <laughs> That's crazy. This is this is a one this is a one of a kind type playoffs. I hope this marks the transition though of like team basketball being more of a thing rather than just like superstar players. I mean, look, it's fun. You, you see how much talent is in the NBA too. Like with all those top ten players. D book's not even a top ten player, bro. Like he doesn't even have an argument for good. it. Like you, he could be a top five player. Like you know, a certain in a certain year, like what seven years ago, you could probably throw him in there. He'd be top five, top ten, whatever, whatever. But like now, Booker's not in the upper echelon. Yeah, this is why this is the greatest era of basketball, too, in my opinion. But that's a whole different thing. I feel like the transition we're seeing right now, or the transition we might be seeing, just the talent. Like, this is what's going to define the quote-unquote new era. Like, the talent we're seeing right now is cool. Like, the, the you know, the the James Harden, LeBron, you know, Curry. Yeah. Chris Paul doing it. That, you know, that era, like, it was, it, it, it marked a transition, you know, of, you know, play style. But now we're seeing, like, the league's just more talented now. Because, like, the game is growing. Yeah. We're seeing more talent in the league, you know. You know, this is sort of like you know dabbling into our our whole '90s ball versus today ball debate. But it's like the game, the players are taught the game way differently. Like you've got high school guards who are more skilled than the guards in the '90s. Oh yeah, right. Imagine Julian Noman in the '90s, bro. He's, that's a that's a thirty point a game they'd, type guy. They'd choke slam him at half court for trying any of the shit he does. <laughs> Oh man, he's a funny guy. But like, yeah, the it's just so much talent in the NBA right now. I feel like this is great for the league, especially if they stay like spread out like this too. It's kind of how soccer is. Like soccer, there's a lot of really like players who are like really close to the top of the league in soccer. And I want basketball to sort of follow suit. Yeah, be more of a team game. Have more, you know guys who are near the top i don't want the league to be ran by one player you know i know the media will try to you know find a new golden boy 
but I hope, I'm hoping that, you know, team ball is more of a thing and, you know, the, the amount of talent overrides, you know, superstardom. You know, maybe the media yeah. will still have their golden boy, but at least like hopefully there's, you know, parody. It's fun to watch new teams. Yeah, like I said, I used to think it was only five players you can win a title with, or four players, I mean, you could win a title with as your best player, but I don't think it's like that anymore. I think there's like eight guys. Yeah. Yeah, we're about an hour 45, hour 50 in. Um, yeah. If you're still with us, appreciate, appreciate you tuning it. in. Um, did you want to touch on the last segment I had? I don't really know if, if you want to even get into that or not. I feel like it's just kind of nah, beating the bush. It's... We were going to talk about what LeBron said about... Um, the, the improper scheduling with the league, but I think like both, both me and Josh agree, like there wasn't really much that NBA could do, to be honest. No, I just did ask that LeBron was right. Oh, you're a Marxist, okay. Oh, Here you go, so you're siding with the corporation instead of oh, okay. the Okay, okay, dude. That's crazy. Josh Pander for the socialist women, that's on, on this league? All right, dude. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We this episode actually, this episode actually turned yeah, out longer than um than, than the we original. Yeah, so we we're re-recording, admittedly, but like our original recording was an hour thirty. This is creeping up on an hour fifty, which our first episode was two hours, and we thought this would be way shorter, yeah. but no, we made, we put some good stuff in here. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, we'll get and let us three. know if y'all want them shorter or like if y'all like it the way it is. Cause oh, oh yeah, we can sure. always adjust to that, and you know we love to hear feedback feedback too. I. You got a lot of feedback from the first one, and I definitely appreciate that. So just keep it coming. You know, we want to put out a good product just as much as y'all want to hear a good product. So yeah, I mean, we do this for our enjoyment, but like, you know, we can get better at this. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate all good, yeah, all feedback, good and bad, especially you know, any like real critiques that we have. Cause like, bro, I can hear, you know, the episode was fire from you know anybody. Like, yeah, I want to hear where yeah. I can get better, and I'm sure y'all sure. too. But yeah. Anyways, we'll see you guys on episode yeah. three. We'll get we'll get that out whenever we can. Um, we might try to do another one mid round. I don't know yet because it's pretty much already mid round. Um, for well, one well, of the series. Yeah, but. one of the series. We'll is, see. Is creeping. Well, that that's yeah, tomorrow will be game three. I think we can probably get a series mid round if it's not like it'll be shorter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. At least but um, yeah. If you if you're listening to this today, I want to. I want, to, I want you to know that I love you, uh, and yeah, so we're going to see the Hawks beat the Bucks tonight, and the Hawks are going to take that series home at six, so just know it. When, when that happens, when the Hawks uh, win the series, I will give away $100 to everyone who DMs me after, if you stay this long, you know, <laughs> I will uh, give you $100, so yeah. Yeah, uh, just Josh does not have that, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Just message me and say, yeah, I stuck to the end of the podcast <laughs> after the Hawks win this series. All right, y'all. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see y'all on episode three. Take it easy. All right, y'all. Uh,